It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali Moreno and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off with a dramatic day in the Premier League, serving up some shock results. What a win for Arsenal. 2-1 down. They come from behind, though, to win at 4-2 elsewhere. Manchester City dropping points away against Forest. It finished 1-1. Liverpool beat Newcastle 2-1. And it just gets worse for Chelsea. 2-0. Oh, 2-0. Uh, <laughs> it gets worse for Chelsea as they lost 1-0 at home against Southampton. What that means? Well, regardless the title race, Arsenal two points clear of City. As we welcome into the show, Don Hutchinson is with us, as is uh, Frank LaBeouf and Pablo staying with us as well. But um, Don, I want to start with you. What a brilliant game of football this was. And with so much drama, especially after what happened between City and Arsenal midweek and then Villa taking the lead early, you kind of thought, uh-oh, mm. this is it. But boy, did Arsenal show some character to come back. Exactly that, Dan. Um, I think you could read the headlines when they went 1-0 behind. I think everyone's thinking they're going to bottle it. Then they get back into the game. They go 2-1 behind. But they showed bottle. They showed character. I thought there was a magnificent game of football. I thought Villa played their part. But Arsenal ran away with it towards the end. A 4-2 might just flatter them. Arsenal scoring a late goal from Martinelli. But it was a real... It was a mood changer, I think, because if they had a drop points, drew the game or lost the game, that would have been a, a big hit for them in terms of how their recent form has been. So they got back on the horse. They got three points today. And then it put pressure on Man City. But it was all about Arsenal's performance and some good individual performances. There were so many moments in this game you thought, ah, you know, Arsenal yeah. tried hard. You know, they've had a good run <laughs> and it's going to come to an end. Because five minutes, obviously, Villa take the lead. Yeah. That miss from Odegaard as well. You yeah. thought, oh, that was it. That was the opportunity. Yeah. But, boy, they didn't let their heads drop. No, I think you've got to give credit to, to Arteta because at half-time, I, I am certain that his team talk is about, look, the second half. Remember all the reasons why we were top of the league. Remember all the things that we did that got us there. Remember all the runs and all the good passes and the positive thoughts and all the good stuff because that's what you got in the second yeah. half. I mean, Arsenal, yes, a fantastic game. And yes, Leon Bailey had a shot that, that Ramsdale saved at 2-2. But the second half for me was all about Arsenal. And it was a championship performance is what it was. Right. Second half, you know. You can talk about coming back from And then Jorginho. Jorginho is the man. I mean, yeah. I mean, you talk about... You know, and what struck me when this ball went in, I thought, you know what? Football gives and takes away, you know. Right. And last weekend, football took away two points. Sure. Just because it can. But you know what? This week, they can't complain because yeah. football gave them the two points back. And you can't argue with that. Because at the end of the day, it's hit the crossbar and it's gone in off the goalie's back of his head. Yeah. I mean, come on. You, 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 you can't say anything other than Lady Luck. So it, it levelled itself out. And, so and great display and they deserve, deserve and to win the game, I think. So to that point, Stevie Edmund, Dan just mentioned the potential negative moment for Arsenal. I'll spin it the other way, given the fact that it has worked out Arsenal's way. How about the positive moments, the ones that you can hang on to and say, maybe it is meant to be. 
the the save that you just mentioned there by Ramsdale when it's 2-2 and Leon Bailey first of all the, the the first touch by Leon Bailey as the ball is coming yeah. over the top of his head brings it down right next to the sideline and now he's going to goal hits it as well as he possibly can near post Ramsdale makes it the save off, off of the crossbar now critical moment but just the same as that's a critical moment the fact that indeed there is a bounce off of the back of somebody's head onto the goal it says well, maybe it is meant to be. Right. Maybe, maybe the story shouldn't be a negative one. Maybe it has to be a positive one. Maybe we are the team that indeed is destined to win this thing. And we've had our bump. And we've had our difficulties. And guess what? We're still top. Not only are we top, we're better off than we were a few days ago. So there's everything to love about Arsenal right now. And while I say that, I'll also say this. There were moments in that game that there was everything to hate about Arsenal's because you were thinking that things were turning and they were not going to be able to stop that momentum. And yet they were. And that, indeed, is what Steve is referring to as a championship performance. Turning the message, turning the story because you're making a turn. Not because somebody else is helping you. You are making a turn. You are dictating the terms of how you're going to play the rest of the season because of the way that you're playing. Frank, when you take a look at title races in the past, there have been defining moments, so many to mention. That Jorginho goal really was like a, mm. a wow moment, wasn't it? Exactly. That's crazy. And I immediately thought, you know, Chelsea should buy that guy, you know, to score goals. <laughs> would be great. Uh, but, but, but really, really, that, that's, a, that's a really turning point because as a guy, you know, at some point during the game, I say, well, you know, maybe the Gunners, they lost their momentum. Maybe it's the, the, the last week, the, the game against Manchester City was a real turning point and now it's gone for, for, the, for the Gunners. But what they have, they have a self-belief. They have recklessness. They don't never give up. They were twice, you know, behind the goal, and they kept on working hard and kept on believing that they could score. And last week against City, I said that there is a lack of experience, and we felt that uh, Arsenal will lose that game. But because of the self-belief, and because they have two guys in the middle of the park, you know, Shaka and Jorginho with experience, it makes something different comparing to other teams. And it's the guy with the most experience who scored, the, for me, the winning goal. And that was crazy. That was one of the best games mm. I've seen offensively, not defensively, because we can talk about so many mistakes, especially Minks, you know, on the, uh, on the goal that Arsenal scored. But offensively, and the will that every player puts onto the, the, the game was one of the best games I've ever seen. I mean, suspense, everything, yeah. quality, and, uh, and, and pace. That was great. That was a very good game. Pablo, you had those kind of wow moments during your time at City when you go on to, to win the title. What's it like, the collective in the dressing room afterwards, when you come from behind and you register this sort of victory? Well, massive, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, when you look at... In football, you always need a bit of luck as well. I, of course, you have to perform well enough to win games in the Premier League, but at some point, you also need... David of Lowe, like Jorginho, today's goals, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was an own goal from uh, Divo Martinez. But, uh, of course, those moments is uh, when uh, brings everyone together, you know, you need this kind of win to believe again. That was a good reaction from Arsenal after the defeat against Man City midweek. Uh, I mean, they have, they, they've been really good. I mean, the, 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 the title race is going to be really really good until the very end because they have the quality, they show in some personality, something that we haven't seen it before. Uh, credit to Mikel Arteta as well for what he's doing, doing a great job for Arsenal. 
But uh, well, uh, it was a shame that Man City dropped uh, two points today because after that great win against uh, Arsenal in the midweek, um, I mean, winning today would have been uh, brilliant to, to keep uh, you know, them at top of the league. How aware, Pablo, would City have been of what was happening at Villa Park? As a player, how much were you keeping an eye on what your opponents were doing? Well, well of course, when you have uh, some team playing uh, uh, early game, uh, you, some players like to go on the phone and look at the result, or sometimes people just asking how they score. I mean, when you play at home, you, may, you might have some uh, television in the dressing room. I mean, uh, of course, uh, you want to see. Uh, I've been in many situations where uh, I was just find out uh, who is the score in another game. Uh, but of course, then it's just about your game. Uh, as soon as uh, the other game finish, you, you go out and try to put a good performance, play well, get a three points. And that's, uh, that's the best thing to do for a football player. Where do you stand now on Arsenal yeah. going forward? As far as... I think, I, I think they're the favourites to win the Premier League. Wow. I think, wow. I, you know, the city of today is not the city of previous years. I mean, it's not. We've been talking about them all season. Mm. Now, listen, they're... they're a kick in the backside off the top of the league, but they're a little unpredictable, which is not something we've said for years and about should, Manchester City. Should we take you through? Let's take you through what happened then in the Forest uh, City game before we have a wider discussion on the implications of both of these results for the, the title race. Um, was it 6 0 uh, when City and Forest met yep. uh, earlier in, yeah. in the season? Yeah. Here, Bernardo Silva, fantastic finish from him, uh, would make it 1 0. Well, I thought the game was done here. Yeah. Yeah. Because Forrest had given nope. nothing going forward. What did you think here? I don't think that's a penalty kick. Listen, there's, it's, you hear us talking about a contact sport. No. The problem, the problem is when you put your hand or you make contact with, with your opponent in the box, you're giving the referee a decision to make. But some will say if it's contact, it's a penalty. And but, then not Harlan's day then. It's, it's not a penalty for me, and Haaland has to score. Instead, he balloons it, puts it into orbit, and then Laporte, for me, who is not a Man City player, ridiculous defending, and Wood scores at the back post. It's uh, incredibly. Forrest's only shot on goal would prove to be the equaliser, as in it finishes one apiece. Uh, this is what Pep Guardiola had to say after the game about receiving a yellow card off the back of that Haaland foul that wasn't given. I don't know if it's not football, I didn't see it honestly. Looks like oh, the last man go to the keeper fell down. So it's fault. Why, why you fell down Erling, you are one against one to the, to the keeper? Uh, maybe soft, maybe not. I, I, didn't, I didn't see it. After that, I was yeah, normally complaining to the fourth official why Haaland should stop an action and go one against one to score a goal. And after I got a well-deserved yellow card. <laughs> there we go, honest. Uh, um, does that end? Do, do, do you think that should have been a red card, Pablo? No, I don't think so. Um, no, in a foul, I thought the, the first time I thought, um, obviously, uh, I thought that that was a foul, especially because uh, uh, Harley is a strong man, he's a powerful player, and he normally doesn't go down. Uh, so um, that's why I thought it was a, it was a foul, and, and I understood that Pep was complaining about that. 
action. But then uh, I see the replay and uh, there was not even a foul. So uh, Haaland would have done, uh, he should have done a lot better. Because he's a strong man. Uh, we know that as soon as he starts running, he's so strong and... and and it would have been a different story. Probably he goes, he get the ball, goes one in one against the goalkeeper. He scored two, two now, and then the, he put the game into bed. But uh, he, he, he was uh, he was looking for a penalty, Haaland. Do you sure. agree, Frank? I do agree. I think it's a, it's a soft contact, and in football, it's a it's a contact sport. So it's not because I put my hand on your shoulder that you have to to fall. You know, that's not what it is. I think we're going to talk about Bayern Munich a little bit later on, and I will have a, an opposite uh, situation for me. So, oh, man. What a tease. Oh, no. Can we just call it now? Wait. Don, football is crazy. Obviously, City should have won this game, but in the end, if you don't take your chances, you'll get punished. Do you know, Dan, calling the game today, I thought City were magnificent. I thought the chances that they carved out, Rodri missed a sitter in the first half, and the more they had their chances, Haaland missed two chances that you showed there. The biggest chance, I thought, in the game came from Phil Foden when he was one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper and absolutely panicked because he wanted to finish the situation himself, but he was probably thinking, if I don't pass this to Haaland, Pep is going to go ballistic. And then at the very last second, he tried to square it, and then the chances kept coming. Uh, Rodri had another chance, uh, Laporte had a simple header, Gundogan had one or two opportunities. And again, Dan, we've all seen enough games of football where it's that movie, it never changes, and City should have won 6-0. Chris Wood comes off the bench on 84 minutes, has one chance in the game and scores. And it was a mauling from Man City's point of view. So I wouldn't write them off in terms of the title rates just yet. You're looking at the stats, 23 shots and he's six on target. But I thought they played well enough to suggest to me that they're still in this. They've got Bournemouth next. Uh, Arsenal go away to Leicester, who are in form. So, listen, this title race, as it stands, in my opinion, is still a 50-50, and it's wide open. I don't think open. anyone's writing City off, Don. <laughs> well, they played that well. They played... I mean, listen, I, I, I think Pep were... Uh, sorry, I thought Man City were magnificent today. They just didn't take their chances. But, but surely, you have to be magnificent. You have to deliver the whole package. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to base it on stats, yeah, but if you want to watch the game with your eyes... I did, I watched City the game with my ears. You're banging on. Well no, if, well, no, if Man City play that game another ten times against Forest, they win nine times out of ten. It was a freak result. They should have, they should have cruised it. But I feel like we've seen more of these freak results mm. from City than we do normally. Right. So... Let's get beyond the fact that Manchester City had a bunch of chances and that they not take advantage of those opportunities, right? You get to the 80th minute, you're still up one nothing away from home at fours. They make the changes and bring Chris Wood, and now they've changed the, the way in which they're going to play. They're going to be more direct because they have the big body of Chris Wood. So then Pep Guardiola decides, you know what, this whole back three situation that we had going on, now we're going to go to a true back four. All right, I understand the reasoning. What I don't understand is why you go with Bernardo Silva as your left back, you already tried that. That didn't work. If you want to keep Bernardo Silva on the field, you have Nathan Ake sitting on the bench who can play that left back position. You can still keep Bernardo Silva. You take one of the attacking players off. And if you're going to be conservative, this is how you become conservative. I don't, I don't understand the reasoning. I don't understand the thought process. Just like I don't understand the thought process when the game goes to 1-1, why you take Kevin De Bruyne off the field? 
Who's going to provide, who is the more likely to provide you a service to potentially win a game? Huh? Who, who is that player of the guys that you have already out there? Kevin De Bruyne is at the top of that list. And so the, the substitution pattern for Pep Guardiola late in the match and the decision-making of Pep Guardiola late in the match, I simply did not understand. Pablo? Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's a hard job to be a manager. Eh? Uh, oh, just because you're assistant coach now of Albania. Don't start. No, of course. It's so hard. <laughs> but the thing, I mean, we, we, we saw uh, Bernardo Silva playing as a left back against uh, um, Arsenal as well, against Midwick. Uh, we all know that Pep, I know he's, he's not a full back and defensively he might struggle, but... We all know that Pep also like from his fullbacks to to come inside to to create that extra man in midfield to be good on the ball. We haven't seen it with Fabian Delph before, even Sinchenko. I know that for Bernardo Silva is not his best position. He's not a defender. He's, he could be a good option when when Man City hits on the ball. But winning ball now away from home, of course. The, they will put, uh, you know, uh, some big players uh, in, in the box. You know that those 10 minutes, you have to defend. You have to keep a clean sheet. And, uh, and Aki is probably one of those players who could do that job for that team in, in, in Man City at the moment as a left-back. Uh, I, 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 Ali has a point with this. But, of course, then uh, Pep... If, uh, like Don said before, they have a big, big chance in the game, they, have, they probably should have won the game by six or five goals. Uh, but they consider at the end, the goal came from that left-hand side, the poor defending from uh, uh, Bernardo Silva. And, and OK, he, he, everyone will blame at him. But um, one of those games that I know probably Pep will learn from, from next game, we'll see. Can we criticise Haaland? Absolutely. Mm. Jan went like That's that. what he's paid for. He's, mm. The reason they get him is to win games like this. You get a chance, you're supposed to put the ball in the back of the net. And not only did he get a chance, he got two bites at the cherry mm. because he hit the crossbar with the first one. So, yeah, absolutely. Look, the guy's fantastic, he scores tons of goals and he gets praised when he does that. So when he puts a ball over the crossbar the way he did today, then he deserves all the criticism he gets. Just the way it is. And should have fought through the challenge instead of trying to draw a penalty yeah. when he's in yeah, and the goalkeeper. Right. Put the game away. Okay. You win the game 2 nothing at that point. Here we go then. All right. Let's take a look at how the bookies have things set with regards to who is going to win the title. It is tight, really tight. But Manchester City are favourites to win the Premier League. Huh? Wow, here you go. Stevie, you say Arsenal are yeah. your favourites. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I see an Arsenal team that just has got blinkers on. Right. And is just going that way and is positive and they've had their knocks, but they're coming back. And I see City as... Stumbling's probably too heavy a word, but it seems as though that's what's kind of happening with them. They're, they're stumbling... Okay. Through the season a little. So one vote for Arsenal. Yep. Pablo Zabaleta, you agree, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I, I think Man City still have uh, a strong squad, better than Arsenal. 
uh, and that would make the difference from now until the end of the season. Uh, so I still do believe that Man City will win the Premier League. Don Hutchinson, you were right in City off? <laughs> no chance. I think it's 49-51, I think, in Man City's favour. I think Ooh. experience will tell. Yeah, you got the percentages right, Tom. Well done. Hey. <laughs> hey. Frank, where are you going? I, I still go for, for City. I mean, uh, he could have turned uh, in a bad way for, for Arsenal in that game with Bailey's uh, crossbar. So it, it's, a, it's a thin um, margin for, for, for Arsenal where it can go either way. It's still, I'm still convinced that City is more solid Stronger, have a, uh, a, a bigger depth in, uh, in, uh, on the bench, especially, and they can use it where maybe some players at Arsenal, and we saw Saka today during the game getting injured, but they had to stay on. So maybe at that point, that could be, that could be a difference. It could make the difference. Ah, let's believe in magic. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. 3 2. Well, I, there are too many moments today, too many signs pointing in the direction of Arsenal. I'm going to take Arsenal. Uh, meanwhile, well away from the title race, and I mean well away, uh, <laughs> Chelsea uh, were in action against Southampton. Southampton went to Stamford Bridge. James Ward-Prowse with a brilliant free kick would be enough to see them get the victory. Problem for them is everyone else won as well. We saw victories, of course, of Bournemouth and Everton as well. But let's focus on what happened, shall we, at Chelsea. This is what Graham Potter had to say after the game. When we've lost, lost 1 0 at home to, to Southampton, with the greatest respect to them, it isn't good enough because of the results we've had recently, absolutely. Like I said, our first half um, is, is as much my responsibility as anybody's, so the performance wasn't good. I thought the second half performance was better, and I thought we deserved to score. <laughs> I think if you score, then the game changes around, but at the same time, 1 0 isn't good, and we're disappointed with that. God, Frank, this is a new low, isn't it? to start I don't even know what to say I think we should ignore that team you know and I'm going <laughs> to be... yeah until they until they don't react you know what do you point to? it's the same thing they can't score goals so they are they're going to concede at some point a goal they can't have only only clean shit I mean they yeah they were better second half but come on they lost six points against the last in the Premier League what do you want to expect from them I said it's an off season but, well, it won't be enough season if they are relegated. If they keep on doing like that, they might be relegated. So it's going to be worse than that. The club in the world who spend the most is relegated. What a shame. Yeah, shame on you. And you know it's true. That's the only thing I can say to, about, the, about that, about them. And it's not only Potter mistakes yet. Potter decides the team selection. But come on, the players. I mean, come on, Sterling. Come on. You have a header three yards away from the, from the net. The goalkeeper doesn't know where he is. And, and what do you do? You make a pass to the guy on the line. It's like you don't want to smash it. Finish it. I don't, I'm, I'm fed up with artists. I want players who want to fight for the club. Only put me, uh, Grand Potter, only put players who want to fight for the team. Not artists. We want to don't want to see Frank, that. We've had this conversation before. Who are you going to put in there? Who's going to fight for the team? I don't know. I'm, I'm not in a dressing room, but I'm sure you can find 11 players. They have 62 <laughs> players. I'm sure they can find players. <laughs> I've just seen on the graphics that worst stretch since 1995. Who was playing for Chelsea in 1995? 
<clears throat> ah, Mr. Craig Burley. Hey! Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, where do we stand on Graham Potter, Frank? Uh, yeah, he's, of course he's responsible, and I think... Do you sack him today? Again, we talked about that. I think... No, what the point? What the point? I don't see anybody turning the thing on, turning the thing on because... because it's also the players. And it's been like that with Tuchel as well. And uh, they can't score goals. We don't have a striker. Uh, when we have the chance to score, we don't. And um, I don't see the spirit. And you can put any coaches. It's going to be the same, the same thing. I don't believe in the reaction, a psychological reaction from the players. Yes, some players coming from uh, months ago, signing Fernandez, Felix, Mudrich, and I'm forgetting maybe another one. What's going on? Nothing. Those players have not been, uh, haven't been uh, uh, in, uh, vaccinated against uh, anything. But they arrive, they don't do anything. So there is something else. Maybe there is a curse, but I don't believe it. That's why you have to start from, from scratch. That's where we, I don't know. That's where no, but at. really, really, forget about forget about the season. Try to save the club. Try to not be relegated. Maybe I'll, change the coach. Frank, you're not going to get relegated, make, are you? So if make, you're going to change the coach in the summer, why don't you do it now? Give them a run and try and turn things around and give them a chance to see what he's got ahead of him. Yeah, maybe, maybe we are, but you have to be clear. You have to be clear that you don't want to do anything special this season. You just want to make sure you work for next season. And, uh, and, and like that, you don't expect. Maybe you have to wait for the, the, to get out of the Champions League to, to give a, a free lunch for a new coach at that time. So just wait for after Dortmund or maybe after that. But, but it, would be, it would be a pressure to the new coach if they go to Dortmund with a new coach. So, for me, it's, uh, it's useless. What would you do if you were Todd Bowley, Stevie? I think Potter should get pre-season. What have you seen from him that makes you say that? I, but I think... I think... I don't think people understand how difficult it is when you turn up to play a game and every time you turn up, there's somebody different standing next to you. You know, all the best teams play... You know, we're talking about Manchester United with Rashford the other day. Mm -hmm. And they're playing balls for Rashford without even thinking about it and looking for it because they know it's going to happen. When you're playing with different players... I mean, look at that team. It's like five or six changes again. It's impossible to get any connection. You know, your two centre-backs, different players every time. Your two full-backs, they're playing with different forwards. I mean, it's just changes every single time they step on the field. And I don't care how good the coach is. You're not going to get results. So, I'm sorry. Yes, he has to carry some responsibility. But considering you've got a five-year deal, considering you've thrown 30 new players at him, then it's pretty straightforward for me. Do what you can, but pre-season, you better start the season well. And if not, then you're off. I, I agree with you, Stevie, right? On, on, on the big picture and, and most of what you're saying. Mm. All I would say is that while it is difficult to play with people that you're not familiar with, you are playing against Southampton at home. A struggling team, and I mean a struggle team, last place team, and yet you're unable to really control periods of the game in the first half. You're unable to really showcase that you are indeed 
a team that that has to have some sort of urgency, that has to have some sort of intent. And that's the part that I have an issue with. No, but you're talking about a uh, team, no, Ali. I I understand. But Chelsea lacks intent, lacks urgency. You, You know how Frank goes back to, I want 11 guys fighting for the club. What you want to see is an attitude. And across the board, you're seeing a lot of guys with blank faces, with blank stares, not quite sure as to what their role is, what they're supposed to be doing. But there isn't a reaction. And that, I think, it's, it's a scary thought, that you've gone through this spell of bad result after bad result after bad result, and there isn't a pushback. There isn't that competitive fire of saying, no, well, enough is enough. Southampton at home, we have to win. It's almost like, okay, there goes another loss, and now they've begun to, uh, to accept losing. And when you have a team that is accepting losing, it's a scary, scary place to be because getting out of that is very difficult. You think, Pablo, obviously the transition was a little slower for City, but when you were there, suddenly a lot of new faces appeared as the money arrived. How did you adapt to that, and how come you managed to pull that off where we're seeing it go in the opposite direction for Chelsea? Well, it wasn't easy for everyone. Uh, of course, the, the, the big money came into the club. They brought uh, some big names. And uh, on the first two, three seasons, uh, it was quite difficult, especially uh, for the manager because a lot of egos. Uh, you don't only need to find the, the, the right player with the right quality or the ability. You, always need, you also need to find... Uh, players with the right mentality, players who want to make something uh, big for the club. Uh, they want to show commitment, they want to show uh, passion playing for the club. And, and at some point, you, you, just, you can really smell it. You, you see that all the players are playing for the, for the club and fighting for something to make the club better. Um, but as I say, it took uh, three, four seasons to really... Uh, uh, get there with the best uh, teams in, in, in the Premier League. So um, it's not only about the money. Um, well, we have seen Chelsea, they spent so much money in the summer, now in January, but they, they all need to create that, the right mentality. They need to find the, the manager to bring everyone together and say, boys, we, we want to make something big for the club. And, and, and of course, it's, it's quite... Difficult to, to compare it because uh, at that time, back in 2008, uh, for Man City, we were like a mid-table club. Uh, for Chelsea now, <laughs> they're a club that they need to succeed. They need to win trophies uh, every season. So something is going on there. I don't know uh, what's going on, but of course, they need to... Uh, they need a quick reaction. They need to, uh, the players who are already there, they need to know that they have to bring success into the Chelsea Football Club. Uh, Don, what would you do if you were top bowling? Dan. Go on, Frank. Go, Dan. No, no, no. I, I just want to say one thing about what just said, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Pablo. In fact, you know, in 96, when I signed, uh, we, uh, Rydgulic changed the spine of the team uh, with myself, Roberto Di Matteo, Gianfranco Zola and Gianluca Viali. It's not the, the talent of the player will make the difference. It's the character of the player will make the difference. The, he chose leaders. He took players, he decided to hire players who decided to get the leadership. 
I don't see any player there getting the leadership. They're all 20, 21 years old. They have, they have a great future. But right now, and we saw that today with Jorginho and Arsenal, and I'm crazy that I have to say that Jorginho was very useful, uh, useless with Chelsea and so useful for Arsenal. Mm. But we have to find leaders somewhere in the middle of the park, at least, or, or in the spine, which we don't have at Chelsea. Nobody is a leader. And it's not Fernandez, Mudric, or some other who just signed who's going to change that because they're, they're too young, inexperienced with all the talent that they have. What do you do, Don? Do you sack Potter? Tricky one, Dan. You know, I was thinking when I was coming in tonight and I was watching the Chelsea side and I've been watching them all season under Graham Potter and I just feel as though this Chelsea style, the characters, as Frank said, is a world away from an Antonio Conte side. It's a million, million miles away from a prime Jose Mourinho side because his side were killers to win every single game. Where's Chelsea's Drogba? Where's the SEN? Where's the Balaks? Where's the Robin? Where's the Terrys? I think this Chelsea side look fragile. I think they look a little bit soft. They're young. They're a little bit weak. You've got to go all the way back, I think, to December, the last time they beat someone 2-0. So that tells me they're an easy side to play against. They can... They can beat someone 1-0, but if you stay in the game, like West Ham proved and many other sides have proved, they don't put teams away. They're not ruthless. Southampton have done the double over them this season. So Bowley's got a massive call to make. And I can't help but go back to what I thought Chelsea were amazing at. And it was a model that no one really wanted to copy because the manager was the most important thing. And he instilled the culture into the players. As Frank said, he bought the right characters in. He bought winners in. He wasn't interested in developing players for five years. It was, you're going to come into my side and we're going to win tomorrow. I feel as though Chelsea are a world away from that. Meanwhile, a few weeks ago, we were discussing Chelsea-Liverpool. Who would finish higher? The general consensus that would be with Chelsea. That certainly has swung from what we've seen from Liverpool over the last couple of matches. They went to St James's and they beat Newcastle today. Darwin Nunes with the finish to make it 1-0 here. Great finish. Doesn't panic, picks his spot and drives it home. And then what a ball from Salah into Gagpo. It's a good run off the ball by Gagpo. Salah picks him out. Nice clean finish. Keep! Shaka! 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 Traffic! I think they'll be doing diving headers with the goalies. Oh, wow. Very wow. soon. Oh. He'd made up his mind really early that he was going with the diving header. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, he was. Uh, Liverpool then take the victory to close the gap on Newcastle uh, to six points uh, with regard to the Champions League race. What was different? Today, Stevie, from Liverpool? I think going forward, they were sharper. Right. Because in previous games, they've had opportunities to score goals and haven't taken it. You know, you're talking about Salah. What a, what a ball from Salah. We haven't said that for a long time. Yeah. You know, poor Darwin Nunes. People jump on on his back for missing chances and he sticks it away like a, like a world-class striker that I think he's going to be. So, going forward for 22 minutes... They were, they were the old Liverpool. There was Un still some vulnerability there, though, even though down to 10 men, wasn't there? Unfortunately, the strangest thing happened when they went a man up, and they panicked. They yeah. couldn't keep the ball. They couldn't keep the ball. Newcastle hit the crossbar for half-time. Yeah. Could have gone in 2-1. And it was a little better in the second half, but 
It just it was so good for 22 minutes. And then I guess what we saw is where Liverpool is right now. You know, confidence-wise, they're a little frail. And it has to be because when you're a man up against a 10-man Newcastle side and you can't keep the ball, then you're, you're not in a good place. You, uh, you won, Stevie, by the way. Liverpool won. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, just I'm, you just, know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to balance out how good they were for 20 minutes, but how disappointing, really. Yeah. Considering they're a man up and they keep turning the ball over, and Newcastle were never out of this game, which you shouldn't be saying about a supposed world-class side against 10 men. The game should have been done and dusted, but it, it was never quite over. But in the end, it is Liverpool who get the win. And Don, from what we've seen of Newcastle over recent weeks, this maybe isn't the biggest surprise. I fancy Liverpool before the game, exactly for that reason, Dan. I think before the game, you know, Newcastle had drawn four on the spin, so it looks like on the surface that the wheels were coming off slightly. But I was half glass, half full. It was, it was unbeaten in 18. It was, it was still fantastic form. I think all eyes are on the cup final. You can't help but think, you know, some of the players have got an eye on the cup final next week and maybe they don't want to get injured. I thought Liverpool were actually a good second half. Even though Jurgen Klopp made four changes, they looked a little bit rusty, the players that he brought on, like Firmino, like Jota, but they still had chances to bury the game four or five. But Newcastle now, instead of looking up down where once Newcastle were in second, all of a sudden Newcastle fans are looking to the cup final and they're starting to look at teams like Tottenham and Liverpool who are just starting to make inroads and Newcastle might just fall out the top four, but it's still been a magnificent season. Well, let's see, Don. Uh, like People might be thinking, oh, wait a minute, why are they being distracted by a Carabao Cup final? Well, because we've not won a trophy since the Fairs <laughs> Cup since 69. We've been in one or two cup finals, but you, know, you ask any genuine Newcastle fan and you say to Newcastle fan, do you want to finish fourth and lose the cup final? Or do you want to finish fifth and sixth and win a trophy? It's win a trophy all day long. They are desperate for a trophy. These lads will be heroes if they win the Carabao Cup next week. It's so big for Newcastle. Uh, Liverpool, though, with a game in hand, Stevie. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Eh? Mm. 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 Yeah, I think, mm. I th I think they, they've mm. put themselves back in. But again, you've got to look at what's above them. You know, can Brighton and Fulham keep doing what they've been doing all season? You, you'd question it. Right. Tottenham, you're just not quite sure. And they decimate with injuries, aren't they, at the moment? Tottenham so, as well. so, look, Liverpool have won a game against Newcastle, against 10 men. Mm -hmm. let's, let's get back to the basics. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. So it's not, it's not like we saw, we saw flashes of the dominating Liverpool machine that was rolling teams over the last two or three seasons, it's not. You know, you could, you could argue if you were a Brighton fan or a Fulham fan or a Tottenham or a Newcastle fan as well, that you know what, after the cup final, if we don't win it, well, that's just going to spur us on. So there's a lot of ifs and ands. Liverpool have put themselves in a position that they could do it. Are they favourites against all the teams above them? No. Who not. is a who is favourite? No. We spoke about it last week. Spursy. Just because it's Spurs. Just because <laughs> it's supposed to play 10 games. They'll win, they'll win six and get 18 points. Right. Other teams might draw six or seven and end up with 14 points. It's just Spursy. So 
I guess I'm going to go with Spurs. All right. Uh, that was some uh, quick bat there, Stevie. I don't know if it was correct, but... I just, I just don't, see, I don't see Brighton and Fulham keeping it going. Right. Uh, last word on this to you, Frank. Uh, I still Liverpool uh, was very fragile today, still. You know, yeah, they play well for 20 minutes, but Newcastle had a chance at a very uh, early minutes of the game. Um, and uh, we see our lights, we see the beautiful uh, assist from... Uh, from uh, Salah, but you know, if you see the old game, you see so many clumsiness from some players, and he's, he was the first. Uh, they're not some players. They're not at the at the level they were before, and I have doubt that they can finish in the first four place because. Don't forget, it's hard to make a statement after a win away from home when you play a team who play for an hour, uh, ten against eleven. So, I'm I'm still not convinced that uh, Liverpool is uh, is healed from the from the recent past. Uh, as Don mentioned then, it is the Carabao Cup final next weekend. Uh, Mark Ogden tweeting out about the goalkeeping possibilities. Well, Dubravka's cup tied after playing the competition while alone at United. So it will be Chris oh. Carrius, oh. who will play with oh, hello. six uh, for Newcastle. <laughs> A cup final specialist. Wembley. And of course, it's a game Ooh. you can see live next weekend. Newcastle against Manchester United live from Wembley. John Hutchinson will be there. Full Newcastle strip uh, for us. <laughs> Coverage starts at 11.30 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Also, of course, after that, it's all about the FA Cup fifth round. We've got eight matches for you, all of them live on ESPN+. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. In the Bundesliga, a bit of a surprise. Borussia Mönchengladbach beating Bayern Munich by three goals to two. Gladbach were helped out with Uber Kano being sent off early on in the tie. Uh, after the game, uh, Archer Rintuck caught up with Julian Nagelsmann. Julian, a 3-2 defeat for your team. How would you analyse the entirety of the game? Well, I think we have to, the chances to decide the game in the first couple of seven minutes. We have three or four big chances. We have to lead 2-0, 3-0 could be possible. And then I think it would be a bit easier. 
Then we concede the red card, um, and then it gets more complicated. Uh, we, we, got, we concede the goal, then we got the equalizer. In the second half, I think we have a good control. We were better than Gladbach, but then we concede a goal, uh, ball-losing moment where we chip the ball uh, towards the midfield. I think we can have a flat solution as well on the ground. After that, it's getting a bit more complicated because we have uh, exhausting minutes in, in Paris uh, in our baggage, so it's not that easy to come back into such a game when you have numbers down. In Paris, we have to defend the last couple of uh, seven minutes also with numbers down, so it's not that easy. Uh, at the end, um, it's like that. We have to, to live with the result. Uh, now it's an important game against Union. We lose Upa. That's hard because I think it was no red card. Uh, it was a bad decision, I think, from the referees, but at the end, it's like that. You've spoken about Bayern, for example, last week against Borkham not being in their flow. Still, you were 20 games unbeaten, yet the mood in Munich seemed... The word crisis I've, I've seen used in that. H how do you analyse this result in terms of was it coming at all in your eyes? No, today I think the, the game was not a normal game because of the red card and, and so on. I think if we, if we play 11 against 11, we win the game. What did you say to your team? after this because it must still hurt for that winning run to come to an end. I just tell that uh, the situations in the game were not that lucky for us but at the end I think if we go borderline also in the last couple of 80 minutes and then numbers up and numbers down I think we have the capabilities and also the chances to win the game as well but uh, when, I, when I talk about Benji Pavard for example he uh, tried to do everything over all the 90 minutes. Um, I think if we invest all the same, uh, it could be possible to win. Uh, doesn't matter if you get a red card or not. Right, look, everyone's here. Mm. But we've got to start with Frank. Obviously, gave us that tease, uh -huh. didn't he, during uh, yes. the discussion about whether yes. or not Haaland was a foul. Tell us, Frank, Ubermecano, <laughs> did he deserve to go? Uh, well, you know what, I'm really into the uh, centre-back uh, union, but really, when you look at the full pace, you, not at the replay, but the, the full pace, you know, he takes the, uh, the, the striker's arm and pull it, and he, in, and he, in, he, he balance, he unbalanced the player, and uh, at the full pace, he can't recover, as we see, and, uh, and he falls. For me, it's a, it's a red card. It's, uh, as Alice said, 100% red card. <laughs> Why different to the Haaland one, Frank? Uh, because because he's, the, the, on, on Allen, the guy just put his, his, uh, his uh, hand on Allen's uh, shoulder, but doesn't pull him. Where we can see that Upamecano pulls the players and twists his, his uh, upper body. And it's why I say, at the full pace, you uh, unbalance the players and, uh, and he deserves a, a red card for me. Pablo? No, for me, uh, it's not a red card. Um, that was a mistake for the referee. I can understand that the, from, from the referee point of view or from his position, it could have been maybe a, a red card or a foul, but then that's why you have VR these days to, to, to tell uh, the referee to, to go and have a look at the screen and to overturn uh, decisions and stuff like that. And then if you look a couple of times, uh, you can see that it's just a soft contact. The, the, the player goes down very easily. And, uh, and, and that's for me, that is not even a foul. And, 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 and of course, no chance uh, for red card. 1-1. Oh, Don. Mm. Oh, my day. I, I actually find this one impossible. I actually do. This is a referee's nightmare. 
I, I do because I've seen it about 55 times. And I'm like, he's knocked him off balance. It's a little bit clumsy, but is it a foul? Is it deliberate? And I'm like, if I'm going to side with Watch. anyone, I think I'd side. I, Watch where he yeah, lands. I've seen it a million times. Watch where he I've lands. I've seen it a million times. Watch where he lands. He lands forward. If you're running and you get pulled, then you, you're going to turn them. If there's such a contact there, he's going to spin them. He doesn't. Look, he lands flat in his face. Does he make contact? Yes. But there's a little spin, isn't there? A little spin. No, the, right. no look. No, come on. I'm not saying there's not contact, but no, not for me. Right. Don, life or death, you've got to make the choice. <laughs> <laughs> Life or death, I'm saying no, uh, no red card. No red card. Mm. OK. It's a lot of pressure, this. <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> pressure. Of death, yeah. A lot riding here. <laughs> no foul. No foul. No foul, no red card. It, 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 there wow. is contact, but it, it is the slightest of contacts. And I'm, I'm, I've, I fall in the same, this falls in the same category for me as the one with uh, Erling Haaland. So it, Frank's the only one who thinks it's red? Uh, apparently so. Wow, it's there really you go, Frank. Uh, meanwhile, of course... Uh, you know, Dan, sometimes yeah. it's better to be alone than to be badly accompanied. <laughs> Whatever that means. Me and bad company, that's very true. Don't worry, Dodge changed his mind now. He thinks it's fair. Okay, let's talk about the title race then. Overall, we, we do have one, Ali, mm -hmm. don't we? We sure do. And this is a byproduct of the fact that Bayern Munich allowed all these teams to get back into the title race. And while Bayern Munich is dropping points here and there and everywhere, well, Union Berlin has been consistent. Whatever you may think of Union Berlin and whether they're good enough to stay with Bayern Munich, the truth of the matter is that they're a point behind and Borussia Dortmund, with a game in hand, have the chance to go and tie Bayern Munich at the top. So there is a race. Yep. Now, in order for this to stay a race, and I think this is critical, these teams, the ones that are trailing right now, Bayern Munich, have to prove that they're able to string five and six results together. Sure. That they're not eating each other alive while Bayern Munich is getting points everywhere else. That's going to be the key. That one of these teams, whether it's Union Berlin and Borussia Dortmund, more likely Dortmund than Berlin, that they're able to string results together and that they become really the title contender. That they create separation from the rest and they're going to say, we're going to go after Bayern Munich because, oh, by the way, in about a month or so, their classicer is coming. Oh, well, Dortmund, of course, flying at the moment. They're looking to make it eight wins in a row. They're in action against a struggling Hertha Berlin at home. Uh, that's in a Union Berlin, Schalke, Bayer Leverkusen, Mainz Sandwich. All of those games available on ESPN+. Oh, you've got to love a PSG soap opera, oh, chapter 73. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, this is what PSG, uh, Kylian Mbappe, had to say after that defeat against Bayern Munich. Our players have to be in good health for the return leg. Everyone needs to eat and sleep well. They're not comfortable when we play attacking football. There is room to qualify. Forget the last bit. Focus on the need to eat and sleep well because mm. then... 24 hours after that quote, hey! there is Neymar uh, in McDonald's. Uh, 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 this, uh, uh, he was playing poker that day, went to uh, McDonald's for a snack. Oh, you got to love it. Now, this is what Gaultier had to say about it all. You can't, and I'm not going to associate Killian's statement, the words he had in the dressing room, with a picture of Ney in a fast food restaurant. I've spoken to Ney, I told him what I thought. Ney has the right in his day of recovery to rest. He's passionate about poker. He has the right to play poker. And then I told him what I thought about that picture that came out. And that's between me and him. 
but I'm convinced that there is no link ah. between Killian's statement and the photo <laughs> that came out. Oh, when do we start? Frank, of course that photo came out for a reason. You know, Neymar, you can control that, surely. A picture of you in McDonald's, you're posing. You know that it can only end in one thing, and that is the publicity that it's inevitably going to get. Of course, of course not, and uh, and uh, that's what maybe was looking for. But I don't really care, you know. I mean, I never liked people judging my private life, you know, when I was a football player. I think I have, the only where, time where I have to be judged is on the field. Now, the problem is when you are that bad, uh, as Neymar has been so far, for, I mean, lately, I would say, and after the World Cup, you should show a little bit low, low profile. It's what I think. And that guy seems to not care about what people think about his life. And uh, teasing a little bit at the same time, uh, Kylian Mbappe. Yes, it was, I'm pretty sure that Kylian Mbappe was saying that to Neymar, and I'm pretty sure the picture was sent to, Neymar, to, uh, to Mbappe. So that's how we are now in the Paris Saint-Germain dressing room. Good luck, Christophe. Yeah. Christophe mm. Gauthier. Good luck until the end of the season. Imagine signing up for this job, Christophe Gauthier. And, and all the challenges that are out there to be the PSG manager, that at some point you knew that you had to come to a press conference and answer questions about one of your players playing poker and going to McDonald's. And that somehow that's not related to what your other star player said about sleeping well and eating well. This is beyond the scope of the job of a manager. This is the last thing he should be concerned with. Mm. This is high school sort of stuff. This is juvenile stuff, and mm. yet it's happening in, in a very public forum in one of the most and one of the highest profile teams in the world because there's high profile players involved. And this guy has to manage this this guys as if they're kids. And they're not kids anymore. These are adults and they continue to behave in ways that you just do not understand that this is part of my job. As a manager of this football club, I have to address this? Apparently so. But he is the manager, Pablo. Kylian Mbappe is not the manager. Mm. So Mbappe coming out and making these sort of comments doesn't really help anything, does it? In a sense that if you've got a problem with Neymar playing poker or eating McDonald's, you take him to a side in the dressing room, don't you? You don't tell the media. No, of course, it doesn't help, and, and I think Mbappé should know that Neymar has been playing football for 10, 15 years now, and he knows why he's good, why he's bad. I mean, the thing with footballers or, um, I don't know, people who does different sport, they should know that, I mean, in, if, in a day off, you can go and play poker, you can go McDonald's, fast food. I mean, many times I went for fish and chips in England, I mean, oh, in a day mm, off. Yeah. If you mm. do that very often, of course, that's oh, bad. But uh, what I would say, well, no, but what I would say is be careful with social media and stuff like this because, I mean, you're coming from a big defeat in the Champions League and then if you go out and you play poker and you go out and, and have a picture uh, having McDonald's, you will upset people. Uh, you will let people uh, talk about those things. I think Mbappé knows that Neymar doesn't, he knows what he's doing. And, and, and as a teammate, I, I respect all my teammates. Do what you want, unless, but then when, when we are on the field, when we are in training, I want you to do 100%. 
But like I say, if you put picture of your lifestyle after a bad defeat and stuff, you will upset people at the club, fans, and could be some teammates. So that's why maybe Mbappé came out saying we should know that uh, we need to eat well, rest, and just focus on the next game. But Neymar, he, he know what he's doing. Yeah, Neymar's not going to hear those quotes, Don, and go. God, thank goodness Killian told me that. Now I'm going to go home, have a lovely sleep, have a cup of milk, and go just... It just... It, you know, you know you're just just, just dangling that, that kind of carrot, ready for it all to kick off, and inevitably it has. I know, and it tells you the relationship between well, Mbappe and Neymar. It tells you everything you need to know. There's no relationship there whatsoever. What I would say, if you're eating McDonald's for a professional athlete, it's not going to do you any harm in terms of the long run. I think it's more the sure. image. You know, it's like it's either Neymar can't read the room by having the picture. It's not so much eating the food, he can't read the room, or he's just not interested. You imagine this, Stevie, in your Liverpool days? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have happened. Mm. Well, it wouldn't have happened. And, we, and we, we sit here year after year trying to figure out on the football field why PSG don't win the big games. Well, here's your answer. You know, there's, there's never been a dressing room, ever, that's not had people in it who chip away at each other. Yeah. Every dressing room has it. But when it's... You're supposed two superstars <laughs> out of three who are chipping away at each other, no wonder when it comes to a game, when it gets tough, that they don't stand behind each other and fight for each other. Because that's what you have to do. The best teams in the world have, have gone through games where the opposition are just dominating them. It happens to everybody. And it's how you cope with that. Mm. And you can't cope with it if your team's not together. And this team is clearly not together. And so they're not going to end up winning the Champions League. And they won't do it again this year. Well, what's Messi make of this, do you reckon? Is he just sat at home looking at his World Cup going, no, oh, it's been a good year. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Pablo? Uh, I, 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 oh, oh, Fra oh, Frank's gone. Oh, Pablo's gone for the moment. Go on, go on Frank. Oh, uh, no, ju just one, one thing, you know, comes out of my mind, you know, where uh, I see that and I imagine myself, you know, on, uh, on Kylian Mbappé feet, seeing after the game a loss at Chelsea, saying to Craig Burley, Denise Wise, Mark Hughes, uh, Steve Clark and some others, guys, you know, we have to, we have to eat healthy, sleep well. <laughs> they would have said, you know what, shut up, Frenchie. Come out with, uh, come out with us, you know, we're going to have a beer, you know, we're going to... And, go, and going with Gianluca Vialli saying, you know, go, let's have a cigarette together. That was another time. Don't bother. That was really a bother time. I was smoking and I smoked for 15 years during my career and I became champion of the world. We don't care what we do. As Don said, eating McDonald's, you know, one day in your day off, you know, is not going to do anything to your body. So... Kylian shouldn't tease Neymar. Neymar shouldn't answer. We are, as uh, I think Ali said, in a high school, you know, discussion right now. You know, those players should grow up a little bit. And uh, if they want to party, let's party. We're going to judge them on the field. And so far, it's not very good what we see. In an ideal world, what you would have loved to have seen from both Neymar and Kylian Mbappe, is that if indeed there is a picture at a fast food restaurant, both of them are eating the burger. Oh, that'd be See? Or the both right. of them That's are exactly. playing poker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, no, I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> if, indeed, no, if indeed the concept of a team being together, that's what you would have okay. seen. 
Okay. Um, I just uh, uh, pa Pablo's back with us. <laughs> Pablo, you imagine if this is in the Argentinian dressing room, Messi's getting everyone together to galvanise them, to say it's us against the world, as we saw in the World Cup. Does he have that sort of same passion for PSG to get Mbappe, to get Neymar together, to try and get them on the same page to achieve their goals? Well, I hope so, because uh, he knows that uh, he got a big chance to win a Champions League. Uh, we'll see about his future as well. Uh, we saw his dad saying that he's not but, but under pressure. Pablo, do you think you know him? Does he Barcelona? have the personality to I mean, step in, to get involved yeah, with this? Yeah, but I, I mean, be bothered. Yeah, but uh, he, he, his character. We we saw many clips of Messi uh, doing a great speech before the game, and I and I see that to Mbappe. I, I could I could see uh, Messi going to Mbappe on Neymar saying, "Lads." Uh, forget all those uh, things. Let's let's win the Champions League. It's a big chance for all of them. They're all top players, and uh, and they know they always been playing the big competitions. And uh, and I know Messi have that type of personality to to tell Neymar or or Mbappe to do the right thing, and they they will listen to him for sure. So. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I know that he would do it 100%. We've, we thought that when Neymar and when Messi went there. Yeah. It was the first thing I thought of. Do you know what? This could be great news for Neymar. They were so good together at Barca. OK, he wants to be the big guy. Goes away, doesn't quite work out. Now he's got his mate to play with him. That connection's there again. Not just on the field, but off the field. Yeah. Well, that never happened. So no. There's no, no chance of this one getting fixed by Messi either. Uh, last word on all of this, Frank. Obviously, Neymar's been linked to a move to Chelsea. Would you huh? take him? I don't know. I'm really, I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's and near Stamford Bridge. Let me just laugh about it. We are looking for a striker. <laughs> a striker. That's, and I'm sure that Neymar is not a striker. So don't ask me if it's a good news or not. There you go. <laughs> and if he's going to serve the dressing room. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Well, uh, just a reminder for a lot more on what happened this weekend. Well, they were nominated for an award. Oh, uh, Gavin I... Jones, congratulations! Oh, hey, be so sure to if take they win it, of the podcast. If they win it, is Jules going to be able to receive no, it as well? He's, he's <laughs> not even allowed on the stage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Real Madrid closed the gap on Barcelona. Five points at the top of La Liga table after beating Osasuna by two goals to nil. For more on this, we welcome back Pablo Zavaleta. Pab, in the end, Real Madrid's quality shone through. Yes, they managed to, to score two goals. Um, I mean, um, you know, that's all they needed. The job done for them. Uh, three big points because uh, we spoke before the game. Uh, also soon away from home. It's always a tricky game, tough to play against. And uh, you know, I thought in the second half they've been uh, a bit better than in the first 45 minutes. Uh, two good goals, um, you know. Three big points, especially thinking on Tuesday, big game, Champions League coming out to keep the pressure also on Barcelona and La Liga. So it was a, a good win from uh, Real Madrid tonight. It kind of epitomizes Real Madrid's season, Ali, in the sense mm. that they're getting it done, mm-hmm. but we're seeing small periods of quality as opposed to them dominating matches. It was a struggle for a long period of time, this match against Osasuna. The, the match was being played in the style that Osasuna wanted to play it. Osasuna, if there were any chances, they are the ones that seem more likely to score, certainly in the first 60 minutes or so. And then Real Madrid just find a way to wear you down and wear you down. And whatever we may think of Vini Jr., however critical we may be on the fact that he continues to engage with defenders and referees and the fans and everybody else and doesn't seem to be focus on his game and the things that he can do for the team and how he can impact the match for Real Madrid. The credit that I will give Vinny Jr. is that he keeps coming. He keeps coming at you. He may miss a chance, he may miss an opportunity, he may miss a pass, but he will continue to try and he will continue running behind, he will continue to run at defenders and eventually he gets it right. And it's a good look to Fede Valverde who joins in the attack. We hadn't seen enough of that from Real Madrid joining midfielders into the attacking half, into the final third. We see Valverde doing it for the goal. So when you have that, we're talking about players of high quality and that's what Real Madrid does have. They do have players that can change the game. Osasuna doesn't have that. And so for as much as the game was being played in the manner in which they wanted to play it, they don't have enough. They're limited in the attack. They can't score a goal. They have scored one goal per game, actually less than a goal per game coming into this match in La Liga. What we saw from Real Madrid is that eventually that quality took over and Vinicius took over and Real Madrid win an important game that at times seemed very unlikely. Two nothing, three points. Good night, everybody. Speaking about some of the opportunities that Vinicius Jr. had but didn't convert, you said he's just making the wrong choice, not making the right decision. Yeah. How much can Ancelotti help him with that? How much is that just experience? Yeah, it's it's both of those things, um, but mainly it's down to Vinicius Jr. Right. You know, your experience comes from being in a situation before and making the wrong decision. And you're hoping that the next time that situation arises... You learn from the last one, and then you go a different route. Now, from Liverpool's point of view, let's hope that 
Vinny doesn't <laughs> learn oh, so quickly. What happened? In, you're turning it <laughs> well, to obviously, I'm watching him missing all these chances, and I'm going, "Oh no! I wish he had scored every one of them, because <laughs> you know he's going to do it against Liverpool." Is it just is it just overcomplicating things? Absolutely, yeah. No, you, if you make your mind up early, then you give yourself more room, hmm. and the longer you delay, the closer the keeper gets to you, which means you've got you've got less less and. You've got a smaller a smaller uh, window to put the ball in and less time to do it in. So yeah, make your mind up early uh, and do it early, and then that takes the goalkeeper pretty much from the mistakes he made today. Takes the goalkeeper out of it. Uh, Pablo, obviously, with regards to the title race, Real Madrid closing the gap for now to five points. How would you assess their chances of catching Barca? Still a long way to go. I mean, uh, five points is nothing. Uh, of course, Barcelona they have a, a game in hand, and which uh, uh, we'll see what they do. But uh, I mean, uh, in football, you never know, uh, and especially with Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona I have to say that they've been brilliant. Mm. They just get winning games. Uh, they, they've been playing really good football uh, in the last few weeks. I mean, they, they look really solid, uh, but. Uh, I'm sure that Real Madrid will keep just pushing really hard until the very end. See if the Barcelona can drop some point, but the, the pressure of course is in, in Real Madrid right now. It seems like Barcelona, they've been really good and uh, I'm not sure if they continue playing that way, I'm not sure if they will drop more, more points, but I think it's still a long way to go until the, the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see how Barcelona reacts after that battle against Manchester United midweek in the Europa League. They're in action, of course, tomorrow against Cadiz in a game that is live on ESPN+. Plus. Coverage will start at 2.30 Eastern. Be sure to join us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Staying with Real Madrid, Sidlow caught up with Carlo Ancelotti after the game. Carlo, a, a difficult night, but in the end, a really, really important result. Yeah, all, uh, always difficult. I think we played well. We were solid uh, at the back. Uh, and the second half, we increased uh, our intensity, above all in front. And uh, we deserved to win because we had a lot of opportunities. It was a good game in a difficult uh, stadium. Carlo, is it difficult for the players to be focused entirely on a game like this when they know they've got Liverpool, then the Atletico, then Barcelona coming up? Is it, how, how do you prepare the game psychologically? No, I think that uh, we understood that uh, every one of us understood that was was important game to keep uh, competing in the Liga and so we prepared well, we were ready and, uh, and we did uh, our best to win. Carlo, can I ask you about Vinicius tonight? One of the things that really struck me watching the game this evening is, obviously, we talk a lot about his quality. We look at, talk a lot about the, the, the things that he makes happen in the game. What was really striking to me tonight was his athletic capacity, that he, he runs and he runs and he runs. And in the 89th minute, he's, he's still going. Still going. It's unbelievable. His uh, physicality is unbelievable. And, uh, of course, he makes uh, the difference in the second half because the opponents are a little bit tired. 
and he is never tired. So he keep going, keep going. He had a lot of opportunities. He scored goal. He was, he played a fantastic game in a difficult atmosphere, but he was focused and really pleased for his performance. And what about Alvaro, a kid coming on, plays his first game, he creates two goals, obviously one is ruled out, but what a fantastic 10 minutes he had. He, think he will be a fantastic player, I think. Uh, he's really young, but really strong. He's a, he has a good uh, characteristic physically. Uh, it's too early to think about this, but... Uh, it will be important uh, for us in the future, for sure. Thank you, Carlo. Congratulations. So then what that means, Real Madrid, five points off Barcelona. Barca in action on Sunday as they take on Cadiz at the Camp Nou. Um, let's welcome in, shall we? Sid, I think Sid Lowe is with us, as is uh, Pablo Zabaleta. Uh, Sid, let's start with you. Let's keep it simple. Um, who's going through, Real Madrid or Liverpool? Oh. You say keep it simple, and then you give me a question that's almost impossible to answer. Uh, uh, Real Madrid, but I, I'm not convinced at all about that answer. Yeah, we're, I don't not know. A, we're not on a time straight, Sid. I'd like some more analysis, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Let me try and give you some analysis. And it's interesting actually listening to, to Stevie talk about Liverpool's performance against Newcastle today, which of course, <laughs> well, make up your mind. Do you want me to give you the quick answer or the long answer? Um, yeah, when the in all honesty, when the draw was made, uh, what was it, a couple of months ago, I thought over two legs Liverpool would be better than Real Madrid. The way that Liverpool have collapsed since then changed my mind entirely on that. That said, these last couple of games, the Everton game and the Newcastle game today, which of course I haven't been able to see because we've been here, but listening to Stevie talk about it, and also the fact that Madrid haven't always convinced. And yet there's a little bit of me that thinks with Madrid, there is... A level of quality there, and we saw last season that even when they don't play well, they find a way to play. I think partly because the quality is there, and it's about having the moments rather than necessarily dominating games. I think there's also something about Real Madrid, which is a combination, I think, of, if you like, the, 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 the confidence that says we're good enough to win, even if we're not playing well. But also the humility, I suppose, might be one way of looking at it, to accept that even though you're a great team, even though in theory you're the, you know, the biggest club in the world, that there will be periods of the game when you don't dominate and you don't panic because of that or you don't think, oh, this is, we're terrible because of this. You don't think this team are just too good for us. You always think there's a chance. And, and there's a bit of me that feels that over, over two legs, Real Madrid will find their way through. The big, big question for me is Benzema. I think we saw it tonight. This is a team that attacks much better when Benzema's on the pitch, not just because of the goals that Benzema scores, but because of the way they attack. And I thought Vinicius was fantastic tonight, despite the two missed chances. But they did play the whole game to him. And it was a little bit, kind of a little bit obvious. And, and I think they need Benzema there because it gives a subtlety to the attack. If he's fully fit, yeah, I, I slightly lean towards Real Madrid, but with not a huge amount of conviction. How do you feel about Vinicius against Alexander-Arnold? No, mm -hmm. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Alexander Arnold today, when when my mate uh, Saint Maximin, Saint Maximin, uh, yep. had to come inside because they were down to ten men, he must have been doing thank you very much because he had no idea what was going on, and that's against a guy who can be good. The difference between Saint Maximin and Vinny is a I'm sorry, there's a world apart. Vinny knows what he's doing. Vinny's got, got the confidence and the football brain to take advantage of situations against Alexander-Arnold. So, if he gets as much of the ball as he did in this game against Osasuna, 
then it's going to be trouble. Who have you got going through? I've got Madrid going through. Really? Mm. Yeah, listen. I, I, again, you, you see... You can argue all day long that Real Madrid are not at the best, but they take advantage of situations. And you saw it today, A, with the goals they got, and B, with the chances that Vinny missed. When the ball's turned over, they are at you so fast and so quickly, and, and generally with, with, with quality. And a Liverpool side right now that is turning the ball over too much, that, that's got danger written all over it for Liverpool. That's my biggest, my biggest fear is when Liverpool lose the ball, right. what's going to happen with the likes of Vinny and the Benzema's playing? Just the way they'll get at the back four with pace, that worries me. Pablo, we've got two votes for Real Madrid. Are you giving it a third? Well, I think uh, Real Madrid will go through as well. Um, I say many times, for me, that competition for Real Madrid is special. Um, they know how to play, they've got experience. Uh, they have quality first game away on field. I think uh, that will benefit uh, Real Madrid as well. And then second leg uh, at the Bernabeu. So, um, yeah, I still believe that Real Madrid have big chances to go through uh, in two games. That's going to be amazing to watch these two uh, teams playing against each other because uh, they're both fantastic teams and managers. But I think Real Madrid will find a way for, to go through. This will eclipse any European game we've seen so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my decision hinges on the true status of Karim Benzema. Not, not the published status, not what they have told us, but the actual true status of what Karim Benzema is right now. I don't buy this whole, eh, he's tired, so we're going to give him the night off, he's not going to travel to Osasuna. If a player is tired, and you know this very well, Stevie, having been a manager, fine, you don't start the match, but if you need 20 minutes out of him, you put him out there. Right? And that wasn't the case today. So if you're not taking him with you to Osasuna, that means that there are other things going on. If Karim Benzema is fully fit and ready to go, Real Madrid are a different team and therefore they advance. That's my pick, but it hinges on the status of Benzema. If he's not fit, it changes who this team are and the personality of this group. Can't wait. What yeah. a game it should be, as we say. Uh, thank you very much uh, to Sidlow and thanks to Pablo as well. Uh, just a reminder then, La Liga continues tomorrow. Four games for you. Starts early, Elche taking on Espanyol. Our main focus will be on Atletico Madrid against Athletic Club. Ali Moreno, are you on the call for Oh, yes, I am. Uh, followed by Barca against Cadiz. All of those games live on ESPN+. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Uh, meanwhile, MLS kicks off next weekend. Phil Neville's not happy. We're six days, or seven days, from the first game of the season. We don't know the playoff format. I think that's poor. You when think? you're talking about professionalism and elite, I think when you're seven days out from the start of the season, we've had talks here, and one of our players asked one of the MLS guys the other day, what's the playoff system? And they were like, well, we don't know. And I'm like, well, that's not elite. My question is, who is figuring out? Is it Apple? Who's wagging the dog? You're talking about differences between the UK and the US. We talked about the intensity of the fans. This is another mm. big difference. <sighs> oh, dear. Uh, right, see. That's not going to go down well. See, Football America's going to have a breakdown. Here's the there. thing, Phil, right? If he had kept it to the conversation about not knowing what the playoff format is, yes. then that is a fair question to ask. Yeah. That is a fair criticism. Indeed, that you are so close to the start of the season, and yet you don't know how is it that you're going to decide your season, how you're going to define your season. But then he took it to a different level. He went somewhere else, and now the valid questions that he had are not going to be answered, and all the conversation is going to be about the difference between the UK and the US, and the fans, the intensity of the fans. That one is not going to go over well with anybody that is in any way related to MLS or is a fan of the league. How about you just do your job? Mm, right. it's, it's hard enough to do one job. Let them do their job. They'll sort it out. It didn't stop you coming here in the first place. Yeah. You came here to coach a football team. You came here to win games. How about you win games and then you don't need to worry about the format is. Just do your job. Um, I'm sure they'll be discussing <laughs> those quotes at length on the next edition of Football Americas. That drops on Monday. Be sure to check it out. Uh, that is it. What a show we have had. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Ali and Stevie, Don is back as well. To, and Frank, apparently. Oh, I, I hello. Put Frank on the tweet. Oh. There we are. He's <laughs> still with us. Professional. Well, Thank you, Randy. What a treat for us all. <laughs> Extra time is next. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you so much for your questions. What a day of football right across the board. Ali and Stevie with us here in the studio. Don is here. As is Fra I wasn't expecting Frank. I didn't even put you on the tweet, Frank. Wow. But wow. thank you, thank you for staying late. What wow. a professional. Well, you know, I, I, I so appreciate, so much appreciate uh, how much you're happy to see me on Extra Time. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. You know, you sent me a WhatsApp, Frank. What does that say? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh. <laughs> what's his? Oh, that's uh, a beautiful picture of myself. <laughs> Look, it's a picture of him picking up some sort of. What's this for, Frank? Oh. British Legion. Uh, I'm the French ambassador for the uh, Bleu de France, which is you like your puppy in England. Why, you know, why did you send it to me? Life. What do I care about? I'm the French ambassador. I thought it was something interesting. Oh, because I know that you will be so jealous and envious, <laughs> so I love to see your face when you discover that say? picture. I'd be jealous. <laughs> no, like the British what? The puppy. Oh. There you go. Beautiful. Don? I'm the French ambassador. You got any for pictures you want to send me? No, I sent you a couple yeah, of voice no. notes. Oh, yeah, that was a useless voice note you sent me. I've got no idea why you bothered doing that. Well, well it was a little bit of desperation because I was trying to find out if Newcastle appealed Nick Pope's red card, even though it was a definite red card. If they appealed it, he could then play in the cup final. Yes. Then, obviously, he would get turned down and he would get an extra game ban on top of that, but at least he'd be able to play in the cup final. Yes. But my stats guy shot me down in flames and went, not going to happen. So oh, you decided to share that with me? That, yeah. Yeah, just to, just to let you know that I'm on it and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 
I'm trying to work hard behind the scenes. Guy. I do have a stats. I'm on it. It's much better to have a picture of me than, you know, he's less thoughtful, you know. See, I thought, well, that's I the thought that initially I thought that Don was coming to you for the answer, which I thought would have been no, a waste no. of a message. Don't supply me the question and the answer uh, to the question I don't even ask. Don, Shaq is your man. There you are. <laughs> what? Shaq is your man. I'm sorry, what? Oh, we talked about this in the show at length, really. How fast would you sack Potter, tonight or in the morning? I think everybody's, everybody's very hesitant to sack Potter because mm. it's like, well, what, 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 what's going to happen? What, yeah. what next? How low does he have to go to get sacked, Don? I mean, this this is a bad one. I mean, Southampton have done the double. Yes. I just can't see Todd Bowley making the move tonight or tomorrow morning. I think they might just give him the Dortmund game if they got embarrassed in the Dortmund game and it was all flat and the, the boos from the Chelsea fans were that little bit louder. That might be the time. Do you know what? Let's get Zidane in. Let's get Neymar oh. in. Let's just have a good laugh at Chelsea. Let's just make it amazing. Wow. Would Zidane want it, Frank? I don't know. I would be a very good idea, I think, uh, and I would be very pleased. I, I, ne I didn't never asked him if he wanted to come to England. I said to him, you don't speak English, and he answered to me in English. Yeah. So he said, well, you know, I surprised you. So mm. he speaks a little bit of English. So, yeah, he could get in charge of Chelsea. That would be, I would be very, very happy about it. <laughs> he, he was having English lessons when I lived in Madrid, and that was, what, 13 years ago, Frank? Oh. There you go. Mm. A bit inside information. <laughs> and wow. and how, how were your Spanish yeah, lessons? They what? didn't last very long. Oh, they were not 13 <laughs> years. A tutor would come to my house, <laughs> but then I would find excuses. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up for Chelsea, it's Spurs, Leeds, and then Dortmund. Mm. Well, they can beat Leeds and they can beat Dortmund. Spurs is such a big game, a derby, and anything could happen. Okay, should Chelsea bring Frank Lampard back? If patience is the approach, Lampard could be a better manager in a long run than Potter. He's proven that can get he can get the best out of young players. That's from Don Hutchinson. Don, he sent that in for you. Yeah, mate. get him in. Yeah, <laughs> get him in. Uh, should he? Should he, Don, come back? No, I don't, I don't no, think they'll approach him. Mm. I think I think Frank. No, I think Frank wants to come back in. Um, I think he wants a little bit of time with his family. Maybe a championship job where he's working with younger kids rather than trying to. I mean, to try and firefight Chelsea at the minute is it's not impossible for anyone. And would you like Frank Lampard back, Frank? No, I don't think it's uh, it's a good idea. He, he came, he tried, he worked hard, he didn't work. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah. Frank gave up. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> he just gave up. Oh, he really did. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. Uh, what's worse to play in... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't... Uh, what's worse to play as a player, Stevie? Saturday, 12.30 kickoff. Monday, Friday evenings. Oh, Monday. A Monday, because you got... Oh, because it wrecks your weekend. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're a busy man. Hi. Things to do. Hi. Sunday night darts. Yeah. Early kickoffs are not fun. It's a different atmosphere. Yeah. It's not this. Not it's not a normal atmosphere right. when you kick off at the early time. But as I say, there's always positives. It means on a Saturday you finish earlier. Perfect. So you get to go out quicker. Monday night games, Don, do you agree they were the worst? No, 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 no. Oh. I love the night game. I could run for fun. No, no, no. 12.30 on a Saturday killer because you, you've got to try and shove chicken and beans and loads of carbs inside you at nine o'clock in the morning 
impossible, so you don't eat well in terms of what you should put in. So you have cereal, and then you get to an hour, and you're blowing, and you've got nothing left in the tank because you haven't put enough in. But night times, I could run for fun. What's your go-to cereal, Don? Lucky Charms? Uh, no, I would be Weetabix and a banana. Ah, oh, there we go. Very nice. You have Weetabix here? I don't think so. No. How would you? Yeah? It must have an equivalent. Pete, Pete says we have wheat picks in oh. a specialty store, darling. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, there you go. That's not where I hang out. <laughs> oh, this is... <laughs> well, they've got Heinz beans in a specialty store as well. <laughs> uh, um, Dol uh, what's your name? Frank, what time did you not like playing? Um, um, 12.30. Yeah. Impossible for me. I have to wake up at 7 and oh. I don't like that. Um, no, 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 no. Nighttime is perfect for me. I'm French. We only play on the nighttime. Yes. Well, at yeah. my time. Yeah. Oh. So that was perfect. Because Spain, 10 yeah. o'clock kickoff, very normal. Yeah. Uh, MLS times, was there a time that you preferred? Uh, didn't like? Well, no, the, the awful Ooh. 3 o'clock kickoff in Dallas oh. in the middle of summer. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Shocking. That, yeah, that's it. Why would they make you play at that time? Oh, no idea. Well. Who's just, trying to watch you at that time? Well, who would watch me at any time, well, Dan? Well, yes. But, but, but we don't get the game either. No, well, that's what it's, too hot. it's too hot. Yes. To, <laughs> it's too hot to sit and watch the game, but exactly. we've got to play. Yeah. It's like, who oh. come up with that? How, you, how did your skin cope in those temperatures, Steve? Oh, I was, hey, I was under everything. Right. I was in the shade. Don't worry about yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just not. Look, whatever, whatever is the level of MLS was at that time or wasn't. It wasn't a true reflection of what you were seeing out on the field. You could have put any team out there, sure. and you simply couldn't move. Yeah. And after the first couple of sprints, honestly, players could not move. The, you try to move the ball, but it's just it's just hard to do. <laughs> yes, it's just hard to do. It, it really is because possible, but you can't run. <laughs> and in our game, it's a little bit of a requirement that you have to be able to run. Okay. Oh, what was that about? <laughs> hey, I could run. I couldn't run fast, but I could run. <laughs> Stevie, will you play back five against Real Madrid, considering Trent's record against Venetius? Not a chance. There's no chance that Klopp is going to do anything other than play the way he's been playing for the last... How long has he been here? Seven years? But doesn't he need to learn a lesson from what's happened in the past? Well, the very recent past. And he hasn't. So no chance. There's no way he'll play. A, he'll play a back four, three in the middle, and three up front. Don, with Nottingham Forest, Everton, Southampton, Bournemouth, all getting results. Have you seen enough to change your prediction on who's going down? No, I stand by. Um, I stand by Southampton, Leeds, and Bournemouth. Right. I think West Ham will climb the table. I think we'll Lopetegui at Wolves doing well. Leicester in decent form. Forest to come from nowhere. But the bottom three, Southampton, Leeds, Bournemouth. Ali, which Norwegian fluffed his lines today more? Mm. Odegaard or Haaland? Well, <laughs> I think on, on the particular play, yes. I would say Odegaard. Right. He comes cleanly yeah. to his left foot. So surprised. Goalkeeper is working his way across. Martinez, but he's not going to get there. All he has to do is put it on target. In terms of the importance of it all, given that Arsenal did win, you have to say Erling Haaland because in the end they needed that goal. Yeah. And, and it's a double miss as well. The first one he hits into the ground and the second one, because he doesn't want to take it with his right foot, he takes the extra touch with his, his hip or his chest to try to settle it, settle it to his left foot and then 
did what I did, put in the 40th row. Right, that's one of my favorite conversations. For the boys, the Martinez bonk on the head, own goal was quite spectacular. What's the most memorable own goal you have been part of? Stevie? Well, I lobbed my own goalkeeper. That's quite impressive. Was uh, that David James? David James, who's he's like spots. 16 foot tall. <laughs> yeah, how did you he's lob got him? a wingspan of an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I lobbed the ball over his head at Middlesbrough away. How did you manage that, Stephen? Well, the rules had just changed. Oh, so the goalkeeper didn't pick it up? Is that? Yes. Right. So you should just be able to put it back to the goalkeeper. Yeah. So. I was getting ready to just to just roll it back. Okay. And as I'm going to hit it, I remembered that I couldn't do it. Right. And I didn't hit it hard enough. Right. And it dropped under the crossbar. Oh. Some goal. Did you win the game? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. How can you win a game when your own players are lobbing the keeper? Well, <laughs> it's a classy finish. It's, it's a classy finish. Are there any words in your direction afterwards? No, well, I was fortunate. The whole team was garbage, so... Oh, OK. It oh, didn't, didn't stick out that much. Was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the... That was the, the, the yeah. Is that when Don was with you, the decline of Liverpool? Yeah, I think Don was playing in that game. That was a beauty. <laughs> uh, Frank, worst own goal? Uh, I don't remember, you know, crazy worst uh, own goal, but I tell you, on the name of all the French people who love football, we had fun today, you know, to see bad karma coming to our best goalkeeper oh, yes. in the world, Emi, uh, Emi Martinez. Martinez. We all love, you know. So, yeah, so everybody was laughing in France about this uh, unluck. Doesn't bring you a World Cup, though, does it? Mm -mm. Bad luck. There you go. Uh, well, no, it's okay. You know, I already won it. So yeah, it's yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. And we got him. <laughs> we got a big one. Don, how's your own goal record? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, not a great one, but a funny story off the back of it. I was at Sunderland at the time in my former club, Everton. We had them on the last day of the season. And I got ill, got tonsillitis about six days before. But Peter Reid, our manager, had booked a trip to Magaluf the day after the season finishes uh, for a bit of bonding. Uh, and he told me the day before the game, if you don't turn up for the Everton game at Goodison, you're not allowed to come on the trip. So I turned up, half fit, lost about half a stone. Reedy went, don't worry, you're not going to start, I'll just put you on the bench. All of a sudden, two or three players went down injured, I had to come on. Pretty sure I scored an own goal unless it was a different game, but I definitely got <laughs> sent off wow. just so I could make the trip to Magaluf the next day. What an act on. No wonder <laughs> Liverpool struggled hey, so much I with you and the, the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go to Magaluf, Dan. Well, no, that's fair enough. Frank apparently has stepped away. I bet he's getting a World Cup trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How thin would Don be if you lost half a stone? I think we. Well, <laughs> oh. uh, Frank, where did you go? No, I think we. we, we Oh, I just switched on my TV uh, again because I think we we just been through the longest show ever. Yes, and also my TV show. automatically switched yeah. off. So it's why, it's why. Oh. But I'm back. I'm oh. back till the end. You know, I, I, fighting. I, well, you're yeah, the one who wanted to do extra up. time. I didn't even put you on the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you want? Did you, do you think I wanted to do extra time? It's 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 one. It's, it's quarter to one, you know. And my, so, uh, of course, I want to go to bed. No, you whatever. get two days though, don't you? Bed, this Frank. is two usages because you straddled midnight. No, Frank, did it not work like that? I'm sorry. What did it, you this say? is two usages. No, no, mm. oh, no, no, of my backside.
Yeah, well, it's pretty good size. Wow. It's plenty to hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cushion the blow either. Wow. Yeah. There we go. When in, <laughs> I was marking, was somebody, cl range? somebody clear the, well, not clear the ball, flick on header, I'm marking here. Yeah. It went off on my backside off into the back of the net. Yeah. yeah, into the goal. For my kind of range. My kind of range. There yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got lots of more questions, right? Can we please to know? <laughs> For all. Really? What time is no, it? No, it's bedtime. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> for all, for Frank, is it time to accept that Lionel Messi can't be at his best for 90 minutes because of his age, or is it an issue of motivation? Because for Argentina, he looks like a different player compared to when he's playing for PSG. Mm. Well, that's true that during the World Cup, he was completely devoted to, uh, to make sure that he's going to get that uh, fantastic trophy. And you can understand that at his age, some games, you know, it doesn't feel, you know, absolutely, well, 100% focused on the game, you know, and uh, ready to fight for 90 minutes. Uh, that's the type of player with his experience who's going to judge when he has to be useful or when he, he should hide a little bit to recover. So it's understandable, it's uh, human to just think that Messi at some point decides where he wants to be at 100% and where he has to rest a little bit. Oh. What time are you up in the morning, Don? Oh, i uh, got a kid's game. My, my youngest doggy's got a game oh. at 10 o'clock, so I'll get up at, I don't know, half eight. Oh, not too bad, that's uh, all right. Tea and toast. What about, who's up with the baby? Yeah, tea and toast. Oh, that's Nick. Nick will be up early. Oh, She'll be up at half six. Frank, come on. <laughs> Where's the commitment? <laughs> you see me in the garage again. Spare <laughs> 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 uh, uh, room. <laughs> oh, I love a spare room. Right, for the boys, today Mark Ogden said he thinks Liverpool finished top four. Does anyone think else think that? Yes or no? No. No. No? Yes. Oh. Don? I'm going to stick with Newcastle, Dan. Oh. I'm going to keep the faith with my, right, well, uh, with no, my team, Newcastle. Okay, wow. that, that's wrong. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, well, Spurs are Spursy. Uh, there we go. Uh, that is it. Yeah. We are done. This is one of the longest ESPN FCs we've ever done in our lives. <laughs> Two, we, isn't it? we appreciate it very much. Um, if you stayed this long, maybe have a look at yourself. Yes. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, find some. Maybe, else maybe, maybe we're, we are on our own. You know, nobody's watching. Well, how dare you, Frank? How dare you? Uh, that is it. Uh, we're done. We will be back tomorrow for more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 